0: Welcome to Chromecast, Tech It Out, hosted by service-centric, people-first, UK technology consultancy, Chrome Technologies. Welcome to Chromecast, Tech It Out. I'm Sam Major, Commercial Director for Chrome Technologies. I'm joined once again by technical Director, Dermot.
1: <laughs> Hi Sam, thanks for having me. I'm
0: no uh, Topic for today's podcast is talking about ransomware recovery, mitigation, uh, how to protect yourself against ransomware, but ultimately... You know, what is ransomware and how has it evolved over the years? So, pretty heavy yet interesting topic and one that's certainly front of the center and centre in a lot of the news at the moment. We've seen some very high-level and very very costly ransoms, which I think we can dig into in Absolutely. a bit. But yeah. if we just peel this back a bit, because ransomware is not new. you right. know, It's under various different guises and names. And if we can just kind of step back, God, maybe five, ten years, I think kind of has been a while, but... Kind of, what is ransomware? You know, in your in your learned opinion, yes. Uh, and kind of, how did it start? And I guess how has it evolved to what we're? I'd like to get deep into what we're seeing today because some of it is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's peel back the onion a little bit as to where to start.
1: Yeah. So fundamentally, ransomware is where a a malware, a, a bad player, has gained access to your computer or to your data rather, um and encrypted it. Um, they have a private key which you don't have, and They, I mean, back in the early days, what they initially did was offer as as request a small ransom in in return for the private key so you could decrypt your files. Mm. Um, More recently, that has progressed to encrypting your files and also making a copy of your data, exfiltrating it, and threatening to expose expose that on the web publicly on the web if you don't pay the ransom. Yeah, so it's
0: kind of now a double threat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it covers them for the, the, the situation where, well, it's okay, I've got a backup, I can restore my data. Yeah. I mean, oh, but we've got a copy of the data so we can spill it as well. So, yeah, it covers them in two ways, really. Double done.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we're going back to I guess, the old days, the first things I, I remember around ransomware is crypto locker. Yes. So, and excuse my ignorance on some of this, because obviously I'm not the technical one here. Um, <laughs> but was that the same as it is now? Obviously, you get infected on a system, would that propagate? And do it in the same way it does now. I guess how's that changed? I mean, I think things have
1: got more sophisticated. I mean, back then, what would happen is that typically it would be someone would open a uh, an infected file like a PDF, classic invoice with with something in there, yeah. Yeah. um, And their one machine would encrypt all the data it could find via shares and so on. Um, Still pretty effective, to be honest. A lot of users have access to a lot of important important data that they work with day to day Um, more recently they've become more sophisticated I believe there's elements of AI in there you know machine learning so they can find their way through a network and get onto servers spread you know within the network in a more intelligent fashion but fundamentally the same thing is really happening it's just that encryption of data Uh, you know that's yeah there's also an element of attacking your infrastructure, which may provide a way out. Like, say, if you've got internal backups, it might try and target those backup servers and remove, delete,
0: reformat drives, that yeah. sort of thing, if you don't have immutable backups. Interesting. Actually, that, that's a term that I should be aware of having, you know, sold storage and virtualization for <laughs> many years. Yes. Um, but, you know, the immutable backup, not that it's a new term, but it was, it was new to me. Mm-hmm. actually understanding that's a real, kind of air gap or fire break whatever you want to call it to 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 being able to resolve some of these problems yes
1: yes so essentially that's where a backup um isn't just a file that's stored somewhere which you can just go and delete it or encrypt it Um, um, fundamentally it's it's a it's a tape sitting on a shelf you can't erase that unless you literally put it in the drive and erase it Um, or it's in storage which has it what they call the term immutability so that yeah, you can see it, but it's kind of, it's also write once, read memory Worm. That's yeah, the word of some worm yeah. worm, worm Drive I mean. essentially. So you can um, have a time limit on the ability to delete that. I mean, that can be done in the cloud, um, on-prem, mm-hmm. but, and, and also that is a really good idea. So it means you can't delete the, the backups yeah. that are only a month old or something <clears> like that.
0: Yeah, well, that, I suppose that helps you in a recovery mm-hmm. position. But as far as someone actually getting access to the data, and we talked about the exfiltration of data I and mean, the copy, doesn't resolve that issue, right? No, no. I mean
1: ultimately with all these things, prevention is better than cure. Mm. So it's all around security, um user education would be a, a real you it always, know.
0: does it always seem to come back to the, the, the problem in the chair? <laughs> yes, Sam.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh but yeah, so the bottom line is it's phishing awareness, it's people known to use good passwords. Yep. Additionally, there's a technological side to it. We can look at multi-factor authentication. Course, yeah. So even if someone's password is known, they haven't got the other factor the other to get it, in. Yeah. Yeah. So that sort of thing. Um, you've got patching of systems to make sure that there aren't just known vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the exchange vulnerability that was course, much yeah. earlier this yeah. year, which gave remote access. Um, also, um, Having systems which are fundamentally insecure, I mean, things like remote desktop servers, which aren't really in use, but are still on the Internet, everyone's forgotten about, yeah. you know, if you've got leaked credentials, someone logs into that, you've yep. given away the keys to the car. So. Web servers, that sort of stuff can be particularly vulnerable. All, all these things, yeah, you have to stay on top of that, really. Yeah. And it's it's an ongoing process. It's, you know, the, the iterative it's iterative. You need to keep on it regularly and and be aware of where your standing is in terms yeah. of those updates. Because it is,
0: I mean, it is becoming particularly scary. Um, looking at some of the data, I'm going to have to cheat and look at some of the notes I've made because some of the numbers, <laughs> are far too big for me to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find it's incredible. 48% of businesses have been affected by ransomware in 12 months. That's a quote from one cast. So I'm quite happy to quote that one on the podcast on standby. That's not yes. just a sound major fact. Um, and 50% of those organisations have paid. Yes. Now, when you think about the average cost of a, of a, a ransomware attack, I think it's gone from <clears throat> five years ago of $10,000, and we're now seeing, what was the, the US oil pipeline? When was it $17 oh, million?
1: Uh, I, th- I think the colonial pipeline, I think they actually paid $5 million. Um, you've got the JBS, the um, meat suppliers, I think they paid $11 million. God. Um, and most recently, we have got Kaseya, who, uh, of course, that's the one, that which is, is the, the which is a, a, million, an more. altogether more that's the next level of resolution. We go into that in a second, actually, yeah. but, the, but certainly their their main initial ransom demand was seventy million dollars. I believe that's reduced to fifty million now. But how nice is So it's a bargain. Yeah, I mean that really brings us on to the the Casaya thing. Is mm. what's what we call a supply chain attack. So that is where you've got a, a tool Casaya used yeah. by um, MSPs yeah. to support. multiple Multiple clients and and they they use that to roll out patches and and that sort of thing um and so kaseya getting breached meant that they got all the people further down in the supply chain um i believe that the 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 player involved in that revel
0: um Mm. they now now this again you and i discussed this off camera Uh, it's quite terrifying no. No. From, from a commercial perspective, it sounds like a great business, right? Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's terrifying these organisations are there. So it would be, for those that don't know, and I, I was kind of one of them, can you just talk us through the, the business model they put together? Because it's, it's it, fascinating. It, it,
1: it, is, it is quite professional. Yeah. So these aren't just hackers sitting in a bedroom <clears> somewhere. <throat> no, What we're looking at is that uh, Revel, uh, with their... A pronunciation Sodinokibi or Sodino Kibi. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce mm-hmm. it, but um, their product, they've they've come up with some effective code mm-hmm. um, and communications platform, basically. And what they're doing is they're selling this as ransomware as a service. So they're franchising the the um, you know they have obviously done their own initial attacks, and yeah. I guess they they get more manpower. It makes more sense for them to franchise it out. Um, so people can pay a cut of the make, you know, use those tools yep. and pay Revel well, just a like a franchise. So yeah, you know. pay a ten percent of the of profits or something like that. And when the ransoms are so big, that's significant.
0: Well, yeah, like you just talked about being a seventy, but kind of reduced to fifty million. Ten percent that is, is a handsome
1: payday. Yes, yes, I, I believe in in that case with the with the Casaya um, attack, they're breaking it down that individual. Um, machines underneath that which have been affected below that. You know, they pay the fifty million. They get the keys to the whole lot. Uh, if you pay, just for, you can pay on, on an individual basis. And it's only forty five thousand dollars. I'll support my account
0: server back, and I can. Yeah, you
1: get back. that one back for that, and, oh, and you can see that there's there's because they've they've gone a little bit smaller. That it gets more likely to be paid. You know, yeah. if you ask someone a million dollars for something, it's probably not going to happen.
0: Unless, Unless they're very large. Depending on who they are, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. But a small business might go, you know what, we can afford 45,000. And it just increases the temptation
0: to pay. I read, and I can't remember which, it was a, it was a local borough, council in England. They became a ransomware attack. And the demand was something extortionate. And they mm-hmm. literally went back going, we don't have that money. Yeah. We can raise this. Mm-hmm. And it went from being like a million pounds to, they could raise 13,000 pounds. But, oh, okay. But the problem with that is, obviously, you've paid, and obviously, all the advice yes. is you should never pay these ransomware attackers because ultimately, a all right, you might get the encryption key back. There's no guarantee they haven't exfiltrated your data. Mm-hmm. There is you're not necessarily in a position where it just won't happen again.
1: Yeah, well, it's oh. almost a guarantee actually. I mean, yeah. I believe that in a very large number of cases. Don't quote me on the, the actual number, but where the ransom has been paid, and you know, presumably they've decrypted their data to some degree of success there's more mm-hmm. on that later as well the problem with paying is you're putting a target on your back yeah. um, you know they, you know you're a soft target they're just going to come back for more later it's, yeah. it's very common
0: no, I totally get that and obviously there's always the risk that you pay a ransom you don't get your encryption keys or that they've passed on the information they've managed to gather to they can sell it to somebody else mm-hmm. there's so many ways that, that, that door can be left open and, and actually and unfortunately we've had to help a few people to try and resolve recovery yes. you know and, and you know uh claw the way back yes. if you like and, and i hate to use the word interesting right because it's, yeah. it's a pretty dire situation when this happens but absolutely looking at the process that these people use mm. there's an awful lot of thought that goes into how they do it and it's probably if you want you know i know you've been very hands-on with something. yes days. i mean back in the early days I several years ago it must be
1: about six or seven years ago now we dealt with a crypto locker attack i mean that was it was fairly basic it had come from one machine mm. uh we were able to help the 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 um the affected company uh purely by restoring from backups
0: yeah um fortunately in, they case, had, in those days it literally just disconnect that machine from the time in and see what damage has been done and recover from backups and
1: you can't pretty do much that,
0: right? as it was the
1: and this is another part of it actually as it was it had started before the weekend Okay. Nobody had alerted anyone and it had ground on throughout the whole weekend and, and pretty much everything was done by by the Monday or Tuesday when, when we were contacted. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the data was done. Fortunately they had a decent off-site backup. We um they were using a Seagra yeah. at the time, and it was possible to do a run a recovery of all their data. All and you know, they, they may have lost a little bit of time, but are only talking a couple of days worth of data, yeah. which was for them was was a, a good if, save. If you really.
0: extrapolate that out to bring it now forward to more more modern companies and more business. Yes. And look at the size of the data now. If, just to unpick some of that. So mm. um I think you were talking about the, the company that uh paid their ransomware and then restored them the backup anyway, because so they realised that to unencrypt the yes. encryption was gonna take yeah. of time. This, this was actually the, I
1: believe it was the colonial uh, exactly. Pipeline issue. They they paid the ransom. They got the keys, but the decryption was incredibly slow. Mm. Um, I, I guess that it takes quite a while to encrypt the files. And <clears> I've not washed in action. All the time
0: you're not pushing oil is probably costing. a Yeah, right? just a little
1: bit. Um, so so the the, the yeah. as it happened, they had an effective uh, backup system in place, so they were able to
0: restore. So ultimately, it was why do they pay? I guess is the question. It's a good question. But, I mean, the, I don't know the specifics of that attack, but I know ones we've seen where things like the time that they'll pick knowing the encryption takes a while they'll pick holidays they'll pick time exactly. to know people out of the office for an extended amount of time so you know, the, the malware uh, ransomware exception has to be there for a while the, the, they've got yeah. away in right and they're waiting i, I, I think it's quite clear uh, from
1: certainly the most recent um incidents we had which i believe was the revel um or someone operating the revel um mm-hmm. service if you can call it that um they they got, a, we were contacted after mm-hmm. um, the Easter weekend. Yeah, there yeah, have been, there a, there, there been a, a, I think they've been in there for some time before that and they've time there, they go, right, okay, yeah. let's start things going. When everyone's away, the back's turned, it gives it time to grind through it. You know, in that case, companies have a lot of data. It takes a long time to encrypt it. That's the thing I guess nowadays,
0: we actually have an exponential growth of data. So everyone, yeah. even the, the smaller business, large business have huge amounts of data, but, I suppose that is, is one—not oh, a blessing. That's the wrong word. But, well, but think how long it takes to encrypt. I and mean, I know it's certainly a particular it case where we managed to yes. get a lot of stuff back because it was taking so long to grind yes. through the encryption, right? As it
1: happened, I mean, you know, they were unlucky in the fact that there, there were problems with their backups, mm-hmm. and and also their on-site backups were actually wiped by the by the wow. by the players. Um, so, but as luck would have it. They had so much data that not all of it was encrypted there was a, i think it was about eighty percent was recoverable purely because it hadn 't been encrypted yet, yeah, rather than any other measures they had in place yeah. really
0: yeah um, that 's really interesting actually um, i 'd like to get into if you don 't mind because I know you were kind of really hands on with this, but mm. we were obviously approached by a company that had suffered an attack as we've you know we 've been through and, and funny enough it was over a, a, an extended period of time where they knew those people had been away from the office yeah. uh, and it'd just be great if you could talk through some of the... So I know it was a pretty bad one and we were able to help them recover an awful lot of data and get them back up and going but there were some pretty interesting things that if they just had to have paid more attention it, it wouldn't yeah. have been as bad it'd be interesting I think, to share with the audience because some people watch this and will go I'm good and I think yeah. that's great and others might think "Ah, there's things that potentially off the back of this we should go, go and address. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, in that particular instance, there, there were multiple failures which led. You know, I think if if probably if any one of the things if they hadn't all gone wrong together, yeah, they probably would have been okay. I mean, they'd recently started doing ransom um, uh, phishing, yep. um, Assess- phishing assessment tests. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for, and a high percentage of their users failed those tests. Wow, um, and in fact i think i believe one or two users even admitted to having actually clicked on genuine ransomware um you know phishing links uh, we don't know for sure exactly which one caused no, yeah. the problem but um it could have been a combination of them uh, there were things like as i mentioned earlier about a, a remote desktop server publicly available which actually wasn't in use well, a lot of users had administration accounts which wasn't strictly necessary. Yeah. So, so a high percentage of users could, be, could give a, a, a widespread breach. Um, then their backup, they didn't have an off-site backup. So they, and, and the backup they had was not immutable. Um, say that the, the malware players, if you like, they had actually, I'm sure that a, a human had been involved because the actual drive where the backups were stored was being low-level formatted. When we actually uh, okay, found yeah. it, so that took some intervention. It wasn't yeah, just software that yeah, yeah. did that. Um, then you've got um, the the issue with their storage had, had got quite full, yeah. and they didn't have any. They didn't have any real snapshots on their SAN storage. So even though they had replicas to the other site, the most recent snapshot, the most recent the copy they had was encrypted. Oh. So so it's it's just a a catalogue of unfortunate yeah. incidents. You know, if, if any one of these, it had an immutable backup off-site or on-site... would not have domain
0: passwords everywhere, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Like you say, a collection of yeah. unfortunate yes. events. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. um,
1: it, it was striking, the, the professionalism of the actual well, web page. I, did, well, I was going
0: to say, I want to touch on that, because you showed me... Uh, yeah. it, I can the word interesting, it's probably the wrong word to use if we're talking about well, unfortunate things, but it, it is, and it, mm. it, to see how professional... I didn't expect it to look like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah it was it was the web page you had. They had a, a private key to access their key for help, um, where you could. They gave their address for the Monero um, for the ransom to be paid. Yeah. I, I believe it was half a million dollars if you responded within seven days. Oh. After that, was a million. So um, it's like your
0: parking fine but if you pay it in. Very much <laughs> like <laughs> that. Very
1: much like that. Wow, um, sure but yes, yeah, so there was. You know, once you put it in, they gave all those details. There was a chat to support. For assistance with it, and they'll give you a, a prove who they were wow. by decrypting one file for free, one or two files, I think it was for free, um,
0: just to prove that that was yeah. what it was. And we think so, do we think it's potentially part of the Revel, uh, I do you call it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yes, it was absolutely it was was Revel. <laughs> was. Uh, I can never pronounce so, it, but yes, yeah, that, that word. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yes, it, it was that as, as far as I can tell.
0: Wow, I guess and the other thing you, we mentioned on that and we saw is. Obviously, I guess what's escalating the ease of this now is Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever well, it might crypto be. Currencies. Cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrency, because now it's not, you know, transferred to this bank account. Oh, what, now we can find you. Mm. It, it goes off into the ether and it's just kind it's of driving this. Certainly, industry. very much
1: harder, at least. Um, it's, it's, it's facilitated that international transfers with very low cost and, and really no accountability. Yeah.
0: Again, it goes back, like you said, to having the right technologies, the right training, this, that, and the other, mm. because you leave the door open, these people will find a way in. I guess looking at some of, the, some of the suggestions you'll see will be, mm. you know, have your Cyber Essentials, yes. personal opinion, I don't think it's worth the paper it's written on because it's self-certification, right? Cyber Essentials Plus is definitely it's a step definitely. up, having definitely. someone come in and rubber stamping that you've got yeah. the right technologies, processes. One up from that will be ISO 27001. Yes. Again, each, each
1: time, well, each time that there are a fairly substantial ramp this up, jump, yeah. and if you've, if you've done those properly, yeah. like ISO 27001, Cyber Essentials Plus, um, it means your users will have awareness. Yes. And, and, and at least, this is, at least, yeah. you know, as we mentioned earlier, the, the weakest link, unfortunately, is the people, really. Yeah. Um, but if people are on their guard, you're much less likely to get someone to click on that link or open that file.
0: The, I guess the thing with, with, with those certifications, whilst, as you say, it's very important that you, you, you've analysed and understood the right technologies in place, the processes in place, people are educated, mm. but it's a point in time. Once yes. you've got your rubber stamp, I'm CE plus or I'm ISO twenty seven thousand one. If people, you know, correct, the orders have gone down, we're about to see what we are doing yes. you've, you've got a big problem on your hands. So I think it's very important that, um, that obviously you know MDR services are out there. We do it yes. for our customers, um, and it's just you know I think it's good practice, especially nowadays because this isn't going to slow down. No, no. ransomware is getting more and more aggressive. We're seeing more and more attacks. The stats I pulled out earlier. People are paying, rightly or wrongly. Mm. But it's your business. You've got to do something. Yes. So obviously the prevention is, is far less costly and than the cure, right? So I think we need to potentially just dig in a bit to what we can do around the MDR and how we mm. can help our clients. Yeah, health.
1: as you says, MDR, Managed de- Detection Response. Mm. So that will be a service where you've got a, um, got a, a service which is keeping an eye on the data from your systems mm-hmm. in general. So that, that could be literally everything. They're looking at all the logs and so on. When they, when they start noticing those IOCs, in, indicators of compromise, mm. they'll be on the phone to to your IT department to let you know, I mean, depending on the level of service and the pro- who we're talking about, yeah. some will actually automatically lock out those machines. Let's yeah. say it's a laptop or whatever, to isolate that machine from the rest of your network. But certainly they'll be, you know, over the Easter weekend, you'll get the worrying phone call. But at least you've got the call
0: before they've had three days of attacking call, you. Well, we know it takes a while to go on through, right? So if you see yeah. that, uh, the behaviour, the wrong behaviour happening yep. and using AI and using people response and so on to actually go, is that right? Yeah. And someone go, doesn't seem right. No, yeah. Let's, let's I mean, stop
1: that. You can have systems that will alert you. But unless your staff are really keyed up on, on everything that's doing, you know, you can get alert fatigue so yeah. get 500 well, alerts a day we, we've You're seen not, that with other yeah.
0: systems we use with the PRTD stuff and customers that just want to ignore the, the flashing red thing because it keeps flashing but that, it's because it's something important And yeah. know, when it comes to this stuff it's even more important but yeah. that's why we're now seeing you know, we're providing it for our customers and see more and more people coming to actually have our managed services team we'll suffer the red yes. light fatigue and you know, we'll look at what's going on and we can yeah. you know, advise our customers as, as to what can happen um, and that prevention is definitely definitely better than cure yeah, um, and the
1: early response to a detection or something—you know—the the the quicker you react, the,
0: the the better you're going to be. Yeah. Okay, so if we were trying to wrap up, I want to kind of guess maybe the three key takeaways. I get. I mean, look, we know the first one, right? Is education. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I guess that, and I'm going to probably say, having the right technologies mm-hmm. is clear. I might even go for four here, Ben. Uh, uh, I was going to say. Well, you say we technology.
1: We've got your, your, your kind of your user login security. Course, technologies yeah. call it like, your MFA, your good passwords, that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. A yeah. mutual backup. Yeah, one hundred percent. If you've if you've got a back, if you assume it's going to be a not if but when, if, you, if you've got a solid backup that you can recover from, yeah. then you're in a much better position than than you would be.
0: Yeah, and then you know, I guess lastly. If you do get that fatigue or something, you know you kind of want to outsource the problem, working with a good company that can help you with that, yeah. And almost yeah, you know, take that. Not that we can. There's no perfect solution. These things will happen. But I mean, you you said the key thing. The fastest response is the best. Yeah, absolutely. So if we can help our customers do that, then fantastic. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Thank okay. you, Ben. I've actually i actually learnt stuff today, which is great hey. as always. But, uh, <laughs> thanks for joining me. Yeah, good brilliant. to see. You. And thank you for joining us once again on Chromecast. Check it out. Please remember to like, subscribe and share. If there's anything you'd like to discuss in future episodes, do leave that in the comments below. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. For more information or to speak to Chrome, visit www.chrome.co.uk. Spelled K-R-O-M-E. That's chrome.co.uk.